Sketch fourteen of Modern Monologues by Marjorie Benton Cook. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Stage directions read by Eva Davis. Butler, read by Thomas Peter. Maid, read by Linda Olson Fytock, Los Angeles. Sketch fourteen below stairs. Scene servants' hall. Enter the butler who drops into a chair with a deep sigh. Enter the maid, who also drops down, sighing. Butler. <sighs> oh, the aff. Maid. <sighs> oh, well, I hope so. The carriage door slammed before I came down. Fans languidly with a paper. What a day. It's begun rang this morning, and it's been getting worse steady all day. First she came into my pantry. And says to my face, to my face, mind you, that the silver had not been claimed for a week. I says, Madam, it was claimed five days ago today. Well, she says, it's black, and you haven't had a dinner party nor a lunch for two days, and not a thing on earth to do but claim the silver. Then I spoke right up. If there was men enough in the stable, I says, so the underbutler wouldn't have to ride on the box with yes, I says. The silver would be claimed twice a week. But, I says, would have to economise on the underbutler. I do the best I can, mum, I says. Sure you do. We all do. If she'd economise a little on her clothes, we could have another underbutler, and it would be more comfortable for all of us. Just hand me a sip of that sherry, Maggie, to quit me nurse. Then at dinner, I was most frantic. She was a bundle of narfs, and he was a bundle of grunts. I was so flustered I gave him the wrong cigar, and I gave her scotch for Roy, and all those zuzus at the party rubbered their heads off. I saw that old Mrs. Smith Smythe grinning, and I wanted to spear champagne down her back. Well, you ain't the only mourner on the bench. She hasn't been to bed before three o'clock for three days, and she's cross as two sticks. It's Maggie here and Maggie there, and not those shoes, Maggie. And I told you to have that uppity cloak cleaned. By God, I thought I'd shake her. You told me about that cloak this morning, I says. Did you expect me to have it cleaned and home by tonight, I says? She gave me a look. But she's too smart to make me real mad. Look at the way we work, from nine in the morning to late at night, and them not out more than three days awake to lunch, and four nights awake to dinner. And what do you get for your service? A paltry hundred a month in your livery, and no thanks. Ah, oh, it's a hard life, Maggie, and that's no joke. Well, look at me. What with her breakfast to be took up at nine, and her lunch clothes laid out, and her afternoon clothes climbed, and her dinner clothes pressed, I've never a minute to myself. Now, you get a rest when they're off to dinner, but not me. Grins. Go on. You were sleeping two hours yesterday. Well, goodness knows I needed it. 
don't she get in at all hours and don't i have to wait up well what's doing tonight oh, i have a few friends coming to light supper in the servants hall am i in it sure you are maggie you're a fine girl mccree do you think i'd love you out who's coming covered laid for tin silver and plate sure wine sure dancing afterwards samson me and you to lead the cotillion cotillion you don't say i do you know they are in the habit of pitching their cotillion favours into the wastebasket the morning after and i am in the habit of collecting them out oh say oh i've got grand lot of stuff not for tin figures oh say ain't we come il faut she rises and sweeps by him saying ring the bell please martin for me maid i must dress for mr martin matthew moriarty's ball order me carriage at eleven ah here you are maggie lay out me green satin and me yellow coat <laughs> i'll be with you in the twinkling of an eye moriarty she runs out looks after her maggie you're a fine girl he rises and stretches oh i don't know i may marry that girl she most suits me well we'll see exit End of sketch 14.